How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm conflicted. I, I, I'm off tomorrow, so I don't know if I want to like slow down the the talk because i know it's late for you already there and like take forever because we're starting a little bit later than we normally do or if i want to hurry because i want to eat and watch you know wrestling and stuff like that so i'm conflicted do i hurry up and get to my stuff or do i try to torture paul a little bit (laughs) i can't sleep well hey whether you talk fast or talk slow mike it's always torture sir (laughs) (laughs) i set myself up for that dang it you know i was surprised uh do you have i know you're gonna watch wrestling but do you have any movies on deck that maybe i need to keep my eye out on or or that you're looking forward to watching well peacock will have halloween kills on friday and i have a peacock account so i'll be watching that probably eh. either i'll stay up till midnight if it comes on and watch it or i'll or you know if they drop it early nine o'clock I'll watch it. And then if it, if not, I'll do it after work, watch Halloween kills. Cause I definitely want to see that up, up on deck. Other than that, there's a guilty movie that's on, um, that's on Netflix. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I know I have one or two more downloads, but like kind of B movies, there's plenty of other movies you need to see before, you get to any yeah. of that stuff like you need to watch the diehards if you haven't and like you just have a you have way more movies man it's crazy i don't want to get off on a tangent on this but i work the the reason i went into work with for muhammad is because he had a bunch of teenagers so he wants an older guy there that kind of knows what you know what's going on and it's crazy that that there's there's one that i really bug about it brenda down there but but most of them just like they don't watch like marvel and i don't know it just trips me out because they're so young that like i'll make references to back to the future mm-hmm. thinking like well everybody knows back to the future and they're like no and i straight told you i'm like i judge your parents like you have shitty parents <laughs> you don't watch star wars you don't know back to the future like what what were your parents doing i i, I don't want to get off on that tangent but yeah young people Man, watch some classic movies. Jesus, get off your TikTok. You now know, I'm an old man. You know, I've kind of noticed about this new generation is they don't watch a lot of TVs. You'll watch a lot of movies. It's a lot of TikTok, you know, YouTube, social media stuff. But the, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. It's bad if you're missing Back to the Future. <laughs> that's horrible. True. If you're missing the classics, right? Yeah, you got to watch the classics like this. There's, there's one there. Her name's Brenda. She's 18. And Lolly's kind of kind of is too, but uh, but but Brenda is eighteen, has not seen the Marvel movies, has not seen the Star Wars movies, um, has not seen the Back to the Futures, the and man, they're just such like you would think that they were on at your house when you were growing up. For the last yeah. twenty years, they were so prevalent, you know, and you would think that even when she was seven, eight years old, you would just see it. You know, on mm-hmm. TV. Oh, dad, what's this? Oh, it's Back to the Future. You know, it's on all the time. Star Wars on all the time. She hadn't seen any of them. And I'm like, I don't know. She was talking about Venom. 
And she goes, uh, yeah, I'm thinking of seeing the, the new Venom movie. It looks interesting. I was like, hey, all right, a Marvel movie. And I was like, are you going to see the first one so you can you know, understand what's going on? Or are you just going to skip and watch it? She's like, there's a first one. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I can't do it. I literally had my brother coming to work because I cannot deal with the 18-year-olds. And my friend Muhammad isn't working. It, it, it just, they drive me insane. I'm old. I can't deal with it. Like they have habits. I can't, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to bash them. They're just youngsters. Like, I don't want to be the old guy going my generation. It's just, we just have a big separation, you know, and I have fun and laugh with them and everything, but sometimes they, they just give me that headache right between your eyes, mm-hmm. you know, that pressure headache. And I'm like, I'm going to force my brother to work with me on the days Muhammad's going taking off so that I don't have to be stuck. I'm like, you'll be, you'll be proud to know my, my little sister. She's uh, 18 years old. I I've, I've made her watch a couple of the classics. You know, she, I made her watch the Sandlot with me, a goofy movie. There's, there's a couple of other ones, man. So I'm trying to, you know, steer her in the right direction. Yes, you have to. I know, I know it's politically incorrect now that sleeping beauty didn't give consent to get the kiss from the prince and, that's bad, and we don't want that and everything, but it's an old-ass movie. Remember when it was made? Snow White's amazing. You can watch Snow White with your kids. It's all right. You're not a bad person. It's okay. It's made a long time ago when they, they, they weren't thinking about that. They weren't thinking that it was, you know, that, that they were raped. The prince was, like, raping Snow White. He, they thought he was saving her. You know, they were doing some magical movie. You can watch it. It's okay. You'll be all right. Yeah, guys, we don't, you know, no, no disrespect to people who, uh, you know, have different opinions than I do, but not everything and everyone needs to be canceled all the time. Yes, agreed. Yep. I, well, you know, we don't talk much about that stuff, but yeah, some things go, some things go too far, you yeah. know, and, and you got to watch it. Well, Mike, before I get us canceled, uh, tell the people we can find you on Twitter. At CD Piglet, guys, nice and easy. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Hey guys, I'm Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. Well, Mike, here we are with our fourth victory Monday in a row. You know, yes. I think I can speak for us both when I say football Sunday, all diets go out the window. And whether we win or lose, we are probably eating something good. Uh, but for Mondays, you have a, a, a different story. What, what was on the Meatless Monday menu today? I had some... Uh... Some cauliflower spaghetti pasta. It's it's pasta that's made out of cauliflower and they make mm-hmm. it into the noodles and everything with a little sauce. It didn't have meat in it, you know, obviously, because meatless Monday, but it's uh fried Diablo, so it's a little spicier. Oh, yeah. Typically yeah. served with seafood, honestly. Mm-hmm. But I used it with this, and um, I had a couple of pieces of garlic bread. So not bad for meatless Monday, you know, some yummy stuff. Nothing like next week, last week, but you know, last week I'm on and Matt sent me food and that was much better. <laughs> yeah, I love a good fraud Diablo. That's that's what I don't need a lot of Italian, but I, I like it. Um, I, I typically like my uh, my food with spice and fraud Diablo, especially with shrimp. Man, that, that if you can find a good good place that makes it, man, that's a good dish. Yeah, needs that spice. I look, I look for those. I don't, I don't, you know. I typically 90% of the time make my sauce. Like I keep San Marzano tomatoes. I keep tomato paste. You just add an onion and some garlic and some oregano. Boom. You have a spaghetti sauce. Right, right. But, uh, but you know, if I do buy a jar, I don't get like Prego and stuff. It's got to be like Fra Diablo. There's uh, uh speaking of canceled, there's the, I don't know what it's called now. It used to be the Mario Batali sauce, but 
you know, he wasn't able to keep the, his face on the products as all the stuff he was going through. And so it's called like taste of Italy or something. It's super expensive, but it's really, really good. Uh, but I like those. If I'm going to get a jarred sauce, I'm going to get one that's a little more expensive and uses a little bit better ingredients. You know, Mike, I'm going to go a little old school on you. This is something I made tonight. But what are your thoughts on uh, tuna mac? Tuna mac? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like cheese and canned tuna? Yeah. You're canceled. <laughs> <laughs> You're canceled. <laughs> Tuna. I know you have more of a refined palate, but I was just wondering, do you ever go old school with it and eat some of those old school dishes? Sloppy Joes. Yep, I'll go old school with the sloppy Joes. I love mac and cheese. I, I'm not throwing tuna in it. That's uh, I'm not saying you make a box of cra- box of craft mac and cheese and then throw tuna in it. I'm saying like you make the noodles and you, you can like use cream of mushroom soup and add like, you know, a, a base and, and bake it and everything like a casserole. To be fair, I don't even like the more expensive. I'm not a big fan of lobster mac and cheese. I don't like it to be my mac and cheese to be sweet. Mm, so okay. I, don't, I don't really like lobster mac and cheese. So canned tuna mac and cheese does not sound. No, it doesn't sound. <laughs> I shouldn't have said tuna mac because it's like a, it's more of a casserole with noodles. Okay. Oh, a tuna casserole. Yeah. Uh, I I personally, I'm not, I don't really eat that, but man, my family eats it. That, that was one of the staples growing up that I would not and that I never would eat. Um, I just I'm not a canned tuna fan. That is I love to to like put a, a, a little uh, like thing on my on the outside of a tuna and sear it for like a minute on each side and then have it. I love that kind of tuna. Canned tuna is not not for me. Not my thing. Really? Not even like a tuna salad sandwich? No, I don't uh-uh. I don't wow. like canned tuna. Okay. Hey, fair enough. What about okay? What about canned chicken, like chicken salad sandwiches? Canned chicken? Yeah. <laughs> Why not just buy the rotisserie, like a rotisserie cooked canned chicken? Ew. That well, sounds delicious. I get you know my my nana man when when she was trying to feed us like a quick lunch after doing some yard work. I mean she would just whip that up, make it quick with some mayonnaise, black pepper, and pickles. It was always good with a bag of chips and the soda. So it's so it's cooked chicken, obviously, and then it's like canned, like canned. I don't know, dude. Let's talk Dallas. This is depressing. What happened? <clears throat> We're off to a to a very awkward start here, Mike. Man. <laughs> well, something that might be a little bit more satisfying for you has to be the uh, the Logan the touchdown on Logan Ryan. Mike, talk talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, that now that was nice. God, they had that guy frozen with that. <laughs> he didn't know Kellen Moore was in his bag. They said, "Oh, we're gonna get this sucker right here after after he injured Dak last year." That uh, yeah, that that fake sweep and then a fake, the fake pitch. So he jumps at Zeke, but then he's like, "Oh no, Zeke doesn't have the ball." I, and then realized like, "Oh shit, I'm supposed to cover Zeke," and he just stood there. Like, looked in between, like, oh, I'm screwed. Yeah. Easy toss over the top. It, it was – that was beautiful. That was a – so – such a good call, executed perfectly. Like, <laughs> it was great. And the fact that it was – it would have been amazing on anybody, but the fact that it was on Logan Ryan, 
who, by the way, I do not blame. I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't blame him for that hit either. But still, he was the one that put it on him. So, you know, it was nice to just get him, you know, get like a little get back for for killing our season last year. Well, you know, Mike, I don't mean to be a a Debbie Downer here, but, you know, of course, the score was nice for sure. But after hearing Ryan's story about receiving death threats after the back injury, I don't know. I didn't really feel that that play was about Ryan. Yeah, that see, that's the that's the that's why I said before, I'm like, you know, I don't blame him for the yeah. injury. You know, he's just making a tackle. That shit happens. You want to be mad at somebody, be mad at that love guy. What he did on that blitz where he's where he brought Dak down and was like trying to twist his ankle, that's gross. That's a roll. Yeah, F no. that. Tristan Hill did one of those, mm-hmm. which is shitty. We said it on the pod. It's a shitty thing to do. Don't yeah. do that. So you, you shouldn't be trying to injure people. Yeah, you know, speaking of dirty plays, Mike, you know, should Wilson Hernandez be suspended for everything he did yesterday? Of course, but the NFL doesn't do that. They, they're not – they don't have forethought on that. They want they want it both ways. They want to be like, oh, we're the safe league. We're taking yeah. out hitting and everything. But dirty-ass players like that that hit – like, what do you do different that, that Kadarius Tony did? They both hit dudes. And a matter of fact, he and Hernandez connected. Yeah. Tony missed, but because he swung instead of just a short jab, he full out swung. One will get suspended and not the other, but they won't suspend him and it'll escalate in the next game. Everybody will remember the seven or eight shitty things Hernandez did, did during the game. And then it'll turn into a big pure six because the NFL doesn't really protect their players. They're like fake protect. Don't make sure to go get that money that won't there. Oh, yeah. I was so glad they didn't find Casey, though. Uh, credit to them on that. Casey did not deserve a fine for that. That hit was as clean a hit as you could get, mm-hmm. and they didn't find him. And and typically, NFL doesn't do that. So that's good. You know, just kind of sticking with Hernandez. I can't remember if he was – he slapped Golston or one of our defensive linemen in the face when the play was over, and he was right there in the middle of the, the Casey-Tony fight. I mean, he did a few more things. It's just, I mean, how did this guy not ever get flagged for it? Yeah, he 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 hit a guy in the face, like just I think it was Basham. Was it Basham? Yeah, that's why at the at the end of the game, Basham and uh, and him were going at it because he was like, you know, you're basically like you're a bitch, you got away with it, but you're trying to do stupid shit like that. You know, Basham strikes me as a you know I remember doing the uh, hard knocks. He was like doing the stand up. He seems like a cool dude, but I would not want to fight that man. No, he he looks like. Any of them whoop my ass. The kicker looks like he whooped my ass. But Basham, <laughs> Basham, you you know, you Basham's the type of guy that, like, if I, a white guy, walk away from him to the other side of the street, nobody would be like, oh, yeah, a racist white guy. You'd be like, no, that guy looks scary as hell. <laughs> that, that, guy is, that guy is scary. That's a big, scary-looking dude. So, yeah, I ain't trying to fight that guy get my ass whipped. Absolutely not. You know, sticking with the defensive line, Mike, you know, was this our was this their most disappointing performance? I I don't think so. I, I think it was a disappointing performance by the refs. They they held they held Randy Gregory at least seven seven clear obvious should have been called holdings. Now there was a few others you could have probably called up to ten to twelve of them. But I mean, we're talking seven of them that were just blatant. And Randy Gregory still led the NFL with nine QB pressures this week. That's ridiculous, dude. Nine. Two QB hits. Parsons put on three QB hits. 
Um, Osa had to move around a little bit more. He moved in and out. He was defensive tackle and defensive end. So I'm sure that affected him having to change his, so he did it more this game than he has before. So no, I wasn't, um, I wasn't really, uh, disappointed in him. I think if it wasn't for, uh, you know, it's teams, you, you can't help it. They, they, the NFL, they don't want bad games. So referees seen that Dallas, a lot better team. So they hold the whistle against stuff like that on the giants yeah. because it's like, well, it's going to be a blowout anyway, at least give them a chance. You know, not everybody's going to notice the hold we didn't call, you know? So, yeah, I just think they, they held their whistle and said, we're not going to give Dallas a call like that and, and just let them hold Randy Gregory all game. Right. You know, I mean, for, from a sacks and overall box score perspective, I guess this, this would be a disappointing performance for the defensive line, but week one against Tampa Bay was actually worse technically with uh, you know, zero sacks, seven quarterback hits, and two tackles for losses, and great. Like you said, Randy Gregory did have nine pressures, and when you're facing the Mike Lennons of the world, you're probably keeping it pretty basic as far as play, play calling and scheming goes. Yeah, I'd say that's another thing, is people wonder why bad teams stay close, and it's because the teams that know they should win those games don't want to give up stuff that people could film see on film later on they want to mm -hmm. try to hide their good stuff in those games and just kind of play hey let's play a cover three let's play a man you know a a, a, a cover two zone a cover two man with two guys over the top let's just play basic vanilla stuff and we'll just out talent them you know and you normally don't do that in division but the giants at some point got so beat up that it's you know you might as well you know, I know our defense kept it pretty, pretty vanilla, but our, our offense, you mentioned Kellen Moore being in his bag. Is it concerning that we use multiple trick plays on a team as bad as the Giants? It's not because you normally bring them out in division games. The team knows you so well that you try to break them with a play like that. And then you have to look at it this way. It makes other, like it makes New England have to watch for it now. So going into the New England game, Bill Belichick's going to have to go, hey, we got to watch for this play. We got to watch for this thing here, you know. And uh, and it can lead to something else later on. Like, um, um, you know, you could add something to it. Like the jet sweep to Cedric Wilson, maybe he backs up. You know, you, you put it behind him instead of in front of you, and he backs up and throws a pass. Mm -hmm. On, the, uh, on the, uh, uh, the pass back where he throws it, you know, maybe they add a wrinkle to that. You know, there's there's certain things you could add. So I, I'm not really stressing over that too much. It did seem like CD was wide open down there on the sideline. Oh, yeah. He, Wilson play, right? he was scared to blow that throw. He was like, I'll just throw it the, the, over the middle to, to Noah Brown, who was also wide open. If wide the throw open, yeah. was out, either one's a touchdown. It seemed like Wilson knew that he had CD right there, and he was mad that he didn't throw it. Yeah, he he definitely missed him. Oh, apologize, guys. It's not even late for me. I'm on the West Coast. What is happening? Um, but yeah, they, uh, they, they. I'm sure Kellen Moore is in the tapes. Like, hey, how about we just throw it and get an easy touchdown here? You know what I mean? Yeah. If we're gonna run this play, you know, it it worked to perfection, and then uh, and then we he didn't get to celebrate with a touchdown off of it, which is a bummer. Well, you know, as far as the trick plays goes, the reason I don't like it is. When we use them against a bad team, another reason, uh, excuse me, the reason I don't like it is once we use them on a team like this, 
uh, we're not going to be able to use it again or maybe like in a playoff game or against a better team because that they're going to be watching for it and be alert and be looking for it. So the, the chance that it will be successful is, is a lot slimmer. Well, you could put a twist to it. You could put it from another formation. Um, there's some things you could do, but yeah, once it's, once it's out there, you know, that version of the play is going to be hard to pull off again. So I, I hear what you're saying there to use that on the giants, you know, when it was a whooping is, is you, you may want to save that and see what you do with the Patriots, you know, right. for Kansas city. Well, you know, Mike, uh, this is the question that you're, you're uh, you, I guess you would say you, you added to the show sheet, but when will Trevon Diggs interception streak in? Do you think? I think I wanted that in too, because I like my answer to it. Uh, I honestly think it, that he doesn't tie the record. I think it ends against new England and I think Bill Belichick is just going to deploy his take away your best player on offense. I think he's just going to flip it to the defense. Tell Mac Jones, let's just not throw it there. You know, that we don't, they don't have a big name receiver that Diggs has to eliminate that you have to try to get the ball to. So just don't throw it to that. Frustrate Diggs by just boring him. Don't even go to him. So, yeah, I think that's going to be the plan. I think, I think the streak ends next week because bill belichick they won't even throw to that side does the name nelson aguilar not mean anything to you mike yeah nelson <laughs> aguilar God, the worst man didn't i just oh, man i've already destroyed that guy on this show so much i remember he was in that that listing i'm like what the hell is he in here for that was with lp where did i shout out to lp shout we out him, doing good work well, you know, Mike, looking at the Cowboys' schedule, I'm going week seven, a.k.a. the bye week. But in all seriousness, when I look at our schedule and see the quarterbacks we still have to face, I'm not joking when I say I think Big Street could go all the way into the playoffs. Of course, that's the overly excited fan in me. If I have to be logical, I think Denver in week nine will be one of Diggs. Teddy Bridgewater, very yeah. possible. Why do you think New England's going to even attempt to throw at him? I just think with the way our offense is playing and our defense is playing that teams are going to be playing a lot of catch up and they're going to have no choice, but to throw. So. I'll be interested. This is such a, a man, I don't want to get ahead because we're, we're discussing a recap, but new England fascinates me because it's such a, if, if they're able to beat them, then it's, it just puts him on another level for me. Bill Belichick is so smart, and he game plans so well. One of the reasons I love this game where it's located is we have the bye week after. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you Bill Belichick's going to come up with something defensively, and Josh McDaniel's going to come up with something offensively that's going to make the fans and the coaches and everybody go, oh, shit, we didn't realize that was this big of a weakness or that you could attack us like this. So we can go into the bye week, study it, and then when Mike, when Zimmer comes out of the bye week with the Vikings and is like, hey, we should try this, we should have an answer for it because we get the whole bye to go, here's what the, the GOAT of defensive coaches did to us. You know, here's what the master game planner did to us. Now we get to go in the bye week, study it, and, and adjust to it. So uh, sorry about getting ahead, but no, no, I'm just – I'm really excited about this New England game. It 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 50-50s me so much. Baltimore blocked the field goal, so they're still in the game. It's an eight-point game. 
Really? You think there's a 50% chance that New England can win? I think it's 50-50 because New England's defense will – they'll come up with something. Look what they did to Tampa. Tampa's elite everywhere, and they they so I don't expect us to put forty up on New England. If yeah. they do, holy God, you want to talk about expectations going through the roof? But I don't think they will. I think this is a twenty to twenty four point game. If you get that on New England, you feel pretty solid. And then uh, on offense, they if you look at our metrics, we're number one in the league against wide receiver ones. We're top five in the league against wide receiver twos, DVOA, their efficiency ratings. We're horrible against wide receiver threes, tight ends, and backs. Well, what do they have? Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, uh, Harris. Like, so Josh McDaniels is going to come up with a way to attack us. And I'm very, very glad they, they let Jalen go when they did so that our, our team is more equipped to face them. But, um, man, it would have been nice to get Donovan Wilson back too, to, to pair with Curse and, and Neil and Micah Parsons to cover people at the tight end and, and running back position. But, yeah, I think, I think they can attack us in unique ways, and I think they have a special coach. And so if you can beat them, it's like – seriously there is no game that would raise my high my expectations more than if we beat new england by 20 points you know i'm or or just it's uncompetitive where we Mm -hmm. just beat yeah um even if we were to beat kansas city look how they're playing like everybody's beating them that that wouldn't be a thing for me arizona maybe depending on how they keep going but but going into new england where you haven't won in since the 80s and beating that kind of mastermind where they kind of do match up with you offensively where you're weak, going in and beating them like 35-20 would just be so – it'd be more impressive than the Chargers, more impressive than staying with Tampa. That that would be really impressive to me. If they were able to just kick New England's ass, uh, that would be pretty awesome. What would be more concerning to you? Are our offense being exploited or our defense? For that game or say it happened, what would I be more concerned uh, about? For, for that game. For that game, I'm more worried about their offense against our defense because I think they have the weapons to attack us. Uh, and our defense is very turnover uh, reliant. Like, you know, the Giants had an 85-yard touchdown drive, like 12 play on us, the Giants. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we give up drives and touchdowns. We just get turnovers. And then our offense finally puts it to a point where we, we make you one dimensional and then we can really go after you with our, with our pressure package. But new England, I believe if their defense, if they can come up with a game plan to hold us to like 20, 24 points now, you know, they can attack, they can really attack the defense and, and, and we'll have to see what happens. You know, I want to stick with Giants here. We're recapping, I know, but th- this game really, this upcoming game fascinates me. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it when we have our guests. And this, this is the game, game I had as a trap game. Yes. Yeah. It was sticking with the Giants, Mike. You know, how, how do you explain all the bad snaps by the Yardish? Well, I think he's worried. He's, he's having troubles against good DTs and pass protection. And I think he's so worried about getting up and into position that he's quick snapping. So he's not like he's moving like towards the block as he's snapping. 
he's thinking more about the block than the snap. Mm-hmm. And so it's making his snaps off. And, um, and I'm, I'm worried about that. As you know, I'm, I'm a guy that's defended Biotis. I don't, I don't, for one, if the coaches see all this and are saying, nah, McGovern McGovern's not ready to take his spot. That should all tell us something about what they think about McGovern at center. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, they brought a bro. I won't, I won't take the thunder, but Broadus talks about it on a YouTube video with Jeff and stuff on the, on the fan today that in college he struggled hiking and getting athletically into a position. And that's why people liked him more at guard because he didn't have to worry about the hike. He could yeah. just get into his position and then he's really good and really strong. Um, so like, I don't, when you're four and one and, and, um, and uh, he's doing so well in the run, Biotis is that I can deal with getting overpowered by some great DTs a couple plays a game. That's going to happen. Even to McGovern, that would happen. We're talking about Jason Hargrave and Sue and Vita Vea. Like, they're great players. But if he has snap issues, now you have to worry. Now you have to look and say, this could really cost us a game. Yeah, the, I, I was surprised. And, you know, I know you've been one of the uh... – You've been one of the uh, personalities on Twitter who have been higher here on on Biagi and sticking with him even after his kind of early season struggle. So to see that game yesterday, I was a bit concerned. Yeah, the snaps concerned me. I even tweeted the guys that are like, we need to get Biotis out. Massey, uh, Skywalker Steele, and Kavanaugh are all like, we need to improve the center now. And I've always gone back at him. I'm like, he run, he run blocks great. For the most part, he's a good pass blocker, and, and then some really good DTs will beat him, and that happens. But he's young, and you have him for another couple of years. Like, let him build into this. Let him get experience. Like, he's not Terrence Steele, what Terrence Steele was last year. And look at Terrence Steele through one full season of playing in an off season. Mm-hmm. So just – I'm not for cutting – some people are like that. Like, remember we had that, that thing with Donovan Wilson – we're like, well, he makes plays, but he's not great in coverage. Okay, well, he's played like not even a full season. Let him get experience. Like right. they, they just want their young guy. They want their first year players to come out and be, you know, Zach Martin. And look at Trayvon Diggs was getting cooked last year early, going against great people. And now he's shutting down everybody. Like, let the young guys play and learn. It it only helps them. I would agree. I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. We know a young player that looked pretty good yesterday was Kadarius Tony. Should Dallas target a receiver like him in next year's draft? It's not a high priority for me. Um, uh, edge, corner, safety, O-line, DT, linebacker. I would go all those, you know, before I worry about receiver. Uh, we have two elite guys. The third guy could be a cheap veteran. The third guy could be bringing back awesome. one of the – yeah, I man, I would love to get him. I have a feeling he's gonna get he could he could go out and get a good paycheck this year. He's a solid receiver that can play inside and out. He's a good special teamer. He allows you to do trick plays. Um, because he was an old high school quarterback. Like he's a good player. I would love them to sign him, um, you know, and bring him in. Even a two-year deal, I would do for him. He's the type of third, fourth wide you want, but it, when you have Amari and, and CD Lamb, you're the third guy you could fit in. Yeah, the reason I like I like Tony is I think adding a receiver with that skill set would take our offense to another level. Of course, you mentioned Lamb and Coop are both downfield threats with 
with Lamb being the prototypical alpha physical guy. But Amari is, is the finesse receiver who can beat you in multiple ways. I would just like to add a shifty, speedy receiver who can do damage behind the line of scrimmage and, and dominate the middle of the field. Would you rather have a, a number two cornerback drafted or one of the shifty wide receivers? Obviously. Oh, man. So I guess what Kelvin Joseph still isn't ready after, after year two or what? After, uh, after let's year just one. say Kelvin Joseph ends up being the nickel guy. Okay. Anthony Brown and, and Jordan Lewis are replaceable. Would you take a guy to be your your cornerback two and, and boss man moves into the slot or a shifty Kadarius Tony type receiver? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat, Mike, because I think you can you can do both. You can get that shifty receiver in like the fourth, third or fourth round. You can yeah, but they're both cornerback available. two and like the second. Oh. There's one, one, there's one cornerback that fits that role, and there's one receiver and the next team's going to pick the the other guy that you don't pick you want the cornerback or the receiver you got to go corner obviously all right same thing pass rusher i don't want i don't want to lose brandy gregory why are we losing randy gregory gregory got paid too much he's gone i don't know demarcus lawrence and michael parsons that sounds pretty nice Oh, I would love that, <laughs> but I don't think they want that for part. I think they want Parsons doing what he did last game where he played some, he moved over and played some off the edge, but where he can be multiple and move around. So you want your pass rusher? You want your shifty receiver, sir? Sticking with the pass rusher. All right. Uh, let's see how far this goes. How about safety? KZ and Hooker out, out. Well, you don't pay them. They make too much money now. They had a good year. We got Dono. Uh, maybe we bring back Kirsch to play a hybrid, but we have no free safety and we got a free safety in the draft or your shifty receiver. Who are you going for? I mean, seeing the, the early impact that safety's having Quinn's system, definitely going safety, dude. Yeah, I agree. All right. How about, man, this is a tough one. O-line, but it's not a starter. Biotish makes it at center. Connor McGovern's your left guard. Um, uh, steals your your swing or at least right tackle, yeah. and you have Collins, Tyron, and Zach Martin back. So you're getting a lineman to replace to either be the backup left tackle because you're worried about Steele moving over to the left side, or a guard because McGovern now is a starter and you don't have a backup. Do you want a backup offensive lineman who's good enough to start, but is a backup because of the quality of guys we have? Or do you want the shifty Kadarius Tony receiver? Lineman. All right. So we we really agree. We would both like a Tony guy, but it's not a high priority. No, no, not at all a priority. It just I would like to see what a receiver, what Kellen Moore could do with a receiver like that with the team that we already have in place. You know what I mean? Terrifying. Terrifying. You know, a lot of people hated Tony. And, you know, I know that we didn't like him just because of Garrett, but, man, what he was able to do yesterday was was impressive, man. I did not expect him to do that for the Giants. Mm-mm. I hated that pick for the Giants. I did not yeah. like him at all. Man, just imagine if he was, like, on the Saints or something. Jesus. Gross. The Rams. Oh, God. That'd Oof. be nasty. All right, so Mike, you know, does does a much maligned coach, Mike McCarthy, deserve some credit for the Cowboys not playing down a competition and giving bad teams a chance? You know, I'm going to steal something or 
it's something that's kind of Skywalker steel, Jeff Cavanaugh, but I'm going to, I'm going to put my own little twist on it. It's called PTS JGD. You all know post post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, those, this is post-traumatic stress, Jason Garrett disorder. So <laughs> you like that? So people are so like worried about us playing down a competition or, or doing things we did under the Garrett era where we mm-hmm. just didn't, didn't do what we were supposed to do. And that kind of, that, that disorder, like, I don't know. I don't know why, but it affects how people see Mike McCarthy. Cause they're always so worried that the head coach is going to make like mistakes or the team's not going to come out good. And I, I just, I I've seen the way he talks about, about analytics. I love that the way he is aggressive on fourth downs. I love that. Um, we've played two really bad teams. He beat them both by 20 plus points and they both had to score when the games were basically over to make it that close. Like I, 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 I like what he's done and, and the teams after halftime, like, I get the coordinators. Our coordinators are great, but he also, you know, allows those coordinators to do their thing. Like mm-hmm. as the head coach, he allows them to do that. And we're a second, a third quarter juggernaut. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he, he deserves um, uh, credit. You know, it, it's, it's 2021 and we have McCarthy now. It's not Jason Garrett. No PTSJGD. Well, you know, but my thing, Mike, is that we've kind of seen in the Jason Garrett era, we, we saw similar things where, you know, we come out in the dominant half and then the second half we just disappear, especially in the fourth quarter, or, you know, we let a team come back in the third quarter. So after going through that for 10 years with some good teams, I mean, I, I know speaking for myself that, that I, I was a little concerned yesterday when you look at that first half performance. Yeah, they uh, the the first half was not great. Dak said it afterwards that it did get to him. You know the the one day to the year of the injury and everything, and he didn't want it to, but he admitted it. It was a problem for him. So that's probably more of what the slow start was in the coaching. If you look, our coaching has been great this year on first on first drives. We scored touchdowns like every game basically. So uh, I'm not I'm not worried. I think the coaching has been really good. I think it's like you said a couple of weeks ago, Mike, it's just Cowboys French are miserable. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's crazy. This game, Baltimore came down and tied it uh, touchdown two point conversion, but Wentz has took Colts back down and they're at the 30 yard line with six seconds to go. And they have one more timeout. So I don't know if they'll run one more play or not, but when you guys hear this tomorrow, you already know this, but Paul doesn't. So I'm keeping him updated. I appreciate that, Mike, because I don't have cable. Thankfully, I, I won a couple of matchups after uh, the Hollywood Hollywood Brown TD, you know, because of having Lamar and Hollywood Brown. But, uh, you know, I, I, I do kind of miss Monday Night Football, even though I've heard here like that this, this season hasn't been that great with the exception of week one. It was good the first couple weeks. All the, uh, all the Sunday nights, Thursday nights, and Monday nights were really good, but they're starting to, you know, slow down a little bit. Uh, especially the Thursday, it's hard for to, to, you know, five weeks in now, it's hard for a team to play on Sunday and then be ready to play on Thursday. It's just, it's really bad football, but 
uh, a lot of times since both teams are playing really bad because they're both beat up, you get close games and then you watch the end and think, oh, this was a really great game. When really the first three quarters were trash. Yeah. And the fourth quarter just happened to be close. So you got excited watching it. Well, and then both Dallas and, and New York in the first half, at least in my opinion, were looking like some bad teams. But does this victory mean any less considering we faced a backup quarterback for most of the game? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that you kind of have to say that. It's fair to say that. But I will give the defense credit. When all their guys were in in the first quarter and, and the offense uh, turned the ball over twice, an interception, a fumble, Dallas's defense – after the fumble at midfield, held held the team to one first down and only 15 yards. They missed a long field goal. Then after we scored a field goal, Dallas got a three and out. That's with Daniel Jones and Barkley and everybody in. And then we fumbled at the goal line going in for a touchdown, which could have been a huge momentum swing. Yeah. Dallas got another three and out, the defense. And they ended the first quarter 3-0. You know, so... Yeah, there were a lot of injuries, and we could chalk it up to, you know, something would have happened different if all these people play and blah, blah, blah. But the honest truth is Dallas was shutting them down in the first quarter, and it was only going to take so long before their offense got clicking. Giants didn't have that kind of defense. Dallas just kept messing up. You know, the Dak play was a great play by the defender to tip it and catch it. The fumble snap was just a lack of concentration by Dak. And uh, I think there was uh, on the field goal, yeah, the Schultz drop. Should have been an easy touchdown. He dropped the ball. So it was more about Dallas' mistakes that was keeping Giants in it, and then Dallas's defense was shutting down Giants' offense. You know, Mike, you're, you're quite a bit older than I am, about, I think, what, 10, to 10, 15 years. Do you remember these the 90s teams winning the Super Bowls? Do you remember them – looking looking the way that uh the cowboys did yesterday in the first half yes i remember i was a teenager when that happened mr 15 years you're a fucking lie i ain't 15 years older it took me a second too because i'm watching the game and like trying to keep an eye on the game and everything i'm like did he just pull a 15 years you think i need that right now man you know what's going on in my life you ass I went to work and the lady was like, you look in your 50s. In my 50s? Oh, you're kidding me, dude. No way. Yeah, I swear. In my 50s. Wow. Gabby, you're a mean person. If you ever listen to this, Gabby, you're a terrible person. You know, I tell her all the time. Like, you, because first of all, you have to know the etiquette. No, even if you think I look a certain age, you take like five years off. So if you're saying 50s, you think I look 60? (laughs) Damn. No way, dude. You you don't even look like you're in your 40s, bro. You're a nice person. You're a lying ass. I I swear, you you really don't. If I didn't know you and I saw you, I would not think that you're 40 years old. You're a good human being. I like (laughs) you. Thanks, man. I do not believe you, but you I swear. I swear, dude. I I mean, you don't have to believe me. I understand, but I swear, bro. I have old age spots that look like they're 40. (laughs) I guess we've never met face-to-face, so I might look older than I do on camera, but you, you look very young. Thank you, man. Shit. This yeah. is awesome. So uh, what do you like most about me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You've turned it around, sir. We You've all need that confidence. It made me feel better. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Mike, to answer my own question, 
The victory itself, no, I, I don't think that it means any less, but I feel like the way that we won and how we dominated that second half, uh, I, I, I'm not that happy about it, only because of just the level of competition. We're a third-quarter team, man. We've, we've been putting it on teams. I'm interested to see, again, not to take it to it, but New England. Yeah. You know, now you're – you know, I heard all about Matt Rule and Joe Brady and Phil Snow and – how great of a staff they were, and we went in at halftime and then waxed their ass. Well, now yes, here sir. comes the GOAT. Let's see what they can do at halftime to make an adjustment there and, and see if they put it on them in the second half. You know, I just – I really want us to beat a team that is at full strength. You know what I mean? I want us to dominate a team that isn't missing a, a superstar piece on offense or defense. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but you notice they don't give us that. Like That's true. That, that's very our true. best defender. Like – Tank yeah. Lawrence elite level defensive end. Yeah, I know he doesn't get the sacks. Go listen to uh, the, co- the the Chargers head coach, and he'll tell you how much sacks mean compared to pressures. And and there's better ways to judge defensive ends. And uh, and and Tank does that stuff so amazingly well, and he's gone. And then Donovan Wilson's best aspect is his blitzing, and he's gone. And that's more pass rush. And then Neville Gallimore mm-hmm. playing him and Oso would be amazing for the pass rush. Dorrance Armstrong in yeah. his in his contract year was looking like he was going to be on a you know four to six sack season. You know, like really jump up there and and have himself a year. And he's gone. And so you know, it just it's nobody gives us that credit. You know that that how Dan Quinn's doing this with a lot of people out. Michael Gallup and Law Collins are out. Do you remember Terrence Steele last year? Do you remember him? Yeah. Look how he's playing now. You know, it just that Dallas should get more credit for for, you know, how they've played through injuries. No, that's very true because I mean just because he, so the people that were missing aren't necessarily household names with the exception of Elial Collins and Demarcus Lawrence, that doesn't mean that they're not important to this team and what we had uh, the expectations that we had for them going into the season just seems like, you know, a Christian McCaffrey and uh, was it, a, was it, a, there was a couple of offensive linemen for the Eagles and not, I don't think it was Fletcher Cox. He didn't miss that game, but I thought there was some, uh, somebody on the defensive line that was a big impact player that he, he went out like a, a day or so. Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, right. That's right. So, you know, just th- things like that. I, I just want to see us, not that I'm discrediting the victories that they had and the way that they're doing it, but for the haters more so, I want us to dominate a team that is playing at full strength. Yeah, you figure Chargers had lost Brian Balaga, then Eagles lost their left tackle on Brandon Graham, and then uh, Panthers lost Christian McCaffrey and J.C. Horn, and then pff, the Giants lost everybody. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, it, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, you want to go in and whoop on somebody. Full exactly. Shirt. So, you know, speaking of whooping on somebody, Mike, will we see the Cowboys offense put up 50 points this season? If I was a betting person, I would bet no. Yeah. I don't think they will. If you told me they were going to, I'd say it's probably Falcons because of the Dan Quinn effect making them want to, you know, oh, the defense like gets that. a couple scores. And, or Kansas City because man, I don't know what their defense is bad, 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 dude, bad, bad. Uh, so yeah, that would be the two main games that I would say if they did that they that they would get it on. Yeah, that's that's what I have here too, Mike. It's a, 
you know, I highly doubt it, but just because the, of the way our defense is playing, I would think our best shot to do that would be against Kansas City, like you said. However, they don't look like they're a high-scoring team that we've come to, to know over the last couple of seasons. So, unfortunately, I'll have to say no as well. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, Mike. So, uh, I, I know that you've got an article that drops up usually every Monday or Tuesday where you, you talk about things that you learned, learned during the game. But what were some things you noticed from the sidelines this week? Okay, so I, like I said, I do that article, what we learned, and I try to pick three different things from the sidelines. So in the article, which will come out either tonight or tomorrow, I focused on how and why the running game for Dallas is so great. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think what else was in there because that was a big part of it. Um, there was two other ones, but, man, my, my brain's so fried from work and articles and everything else. I can't remember, but I picked three different ones for the view of the sidelines. And the first one is that the team did not miss Jalen Smith. That, that was clear. I, you know, I apologize for bombing on him. He's got another job. He's, he's good. He gets the full pay and the money from green Bay. So he's definitely good. Um, it, they just looked even faster out there. Jabril Cox, uh, uh, you know, catching Daniel Jones on that play, the speed. I mean, do we think Jalen makes that? Do you, do we think Jalen reads it correctly? And then if he does, could he make it out there to beat Dan, uh, Daniel Jones to the spot? I just don't know. It's giving more snaps. Curse and Parsons. Curse played 60 or uh, Parsons played 63 of the 68 snaps. And I think Curse played like all of them or something. Mm, like wow. they are, they, they are using those two as the main linebackers even though one's a defensive end and one's a safety. So that, <laughs> that is mind-blowing how crazy that is. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's view one. View two is the Daniel Jones play was a penalty on Daniel Jones. Stop. There are people out there killing Jabril Cox for that. Daniel Jones, when he rolls out, becomes a runner. Mm -hmm. A running back is not allowed to duck his head and spear with the helmet first, going into a tackle. Daniel Jones does exactly that. He hits Jabril Cox in the head with his head all the way down. His head is facing, the, his face is looking down at the ground when they connect because he ducked his head so much. And people are saying Jabril Cox can cuss people. No, no, that, that should have been a 15-yard penalty on Daniel Jones. Jabril Cox did nothing wrong on his hit. It was a textbook clean hit. If they would have, if Daniel Jones wasn't ducking his head, which is illegal for a running back now out in the open like that, it would have been a, uh, a penalty, but they didn't call it because it's a quarterback and they weren't thinking about it, but stop blaming Jabril Cox. That's some bullshit on that. And uh, the third and most importantly, I think Dak's the best quarterback in football right now. Oh yeah. Playing right now. Mm -hmm. Not accomplished, not when they're at their best. You know, I understand what Rodgers and Mahomes are, but the way Rodgers and Mahomes are playing compared to the way Dak's playing, I think Dak is playing better. And I know a lot of people are going to go, yeah, but he struggled in the first half. But I'm like, that's part of it. Think of what he went. He's a human being, guys. You know how I harp on this about it. They are human beings. This is not Madden. This guy had to go in almost a year exactly to the day he injured himself 
against the same opponent in the same week and and go through that in his head and deal with that in every interview and all the talk, all practice, everything was about that. And he came out a little skittish and he fumbled a snap and he fin- and then he went on to annihilate the deep this that team in the second half. Three touchdowns and four drives, just killed them. You know, uh, and Dalton Schultz had a drop in there that should have been a touchdown too. It wasn't just Dak mistakes yeah. on the first three drives. So I just think he's playing better than anyone in football. I think Herbert has got to get a, a nod in there too, but I'm going to give Dak a little bit of an edge because he's just been around longer. He's seen more, you know, but I think right now Dak, Aaron Rodgers, and Herbert are playing like the best quarterbacks in football, and I'm putting Dak number one. Can't argue with you there. One thing I'm happy about yesterday, Mike, is I'm glad that we didn't have to relive the Dak injury, man. That was one thing I was worried about, that they were going to, like, replay it and reshow it, and, you know, that was going to be, like, a big talking point throughout the game. But I'm glad that we weren't forced to relive that moment. Great job by Fox. Yeah, uh, for sure. In terms of that. Great, Absolutely. great job. Because nobody needs to see that anymore. That's that's done and over with. That's a new year now. Yeah, I mean, you even, we, you know, when our when we had uh, Snacks, shout out to Snacks uh, underscore BDGE on Twitter, when he came on, even as a Giants fan, you know, he didn't even want to see that. So uh, I'm just glad that they they didn't try to make that storyline, you know, give that storyline any, any more life than it already has. Think about it this way. We're talking about a man that's so scummy that he lost his <laughs> Make-A-Wish sideline ticket. And even he was like, I don't want to see that injury again. <laughs> <laughs> what a great story man that was great what a great great guest that was man yeah. he was good he was, he was awesome so awesome great all right. great all right mike so uh here here we are with one word mike describe this victory with one word minimizing okay and the way i'm looking at it is because most weeks i'm sitting there going man we don't have our starting deep two defensive ends golly we lost our right tackle man Gallup's out wilson's out and i'm sitting there going we can't get a break with these injuries last year was bad enough and now we're playing then i see the giants game and i'm like all right i'm gonna slow my roll (laughs) we didn't lose our quarterback we didn't lose our star you know playmaker we didn't lose our top receiver you know our left tackle is still healthy like maybe i should just knock on wood and be like shut the fuck up and take the injuries you got you even even the injuries you have aren't ones where they're gone all year. Baltimore won the game, by the way. Oh, and really? Wow. Yeah, Baltimore won in overtime. So there was a moment yesterday, Mike, where uh, there was like a run play and Tyron was on the ground just laying there, and I said, "Oh my God, you've got to be kidding me!" He fell back into his leg. Yeah, he like somebody fell into his back or whatever. And, and it just... went it went into an injury timeout. And I was like, oh, God, Tyron. And then right before they were like a Ravens players down, I'm like, and I I, inst- I went, oh, thank God. And then I was like, well, no, you know. Right, obviously. Not, yeah. I didn't mean that like that, but yeah. thank God it wasn't Tyron. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did the exact same thing. So I feel you, Mike. So, hey, you know, my- Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to tell you, remember what I said about Wentz when we were talking in the pre-roll? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was not over. He just does not win games, man. I'm starting to feel bad for that guy now. Golly. It feels like so long ago that the Wentz versus Dak debate was so strong, and now you never hear anybody mention Dak and Wentz in the same sentence. 
Yeah, after 2007, Wentz was able to coast a couple of years where he really didn't play that great, you know, and the Dallas Cowboys quarterback gets overanalyzed because he's on TV for the ratings. He's on first take every day and the the, the show with the other piece of garbage and, and Acho's show. And so they're on talking about him. So people underrate Dak Prescott because he's talked about a lot where Philly wasn't really talked about, you know, and not, not like Dak, not like Dak was. Right, right. And so he got to skate after that 2007 season. He got to skate on it, you know, and it took people a couple of years to realize, like, oh no, Wentz is pretty much done after that injury, and uh, and you know now he's shipped off to another team. His backup won the Super Bowl. Like, I'm starting to feel bad for the guy now. Now that it's clear, like Dax Dax in the conversation of best quarterback in the league. And this guy hasn't won a game in like nine starts or whatever. Like, I feel bad for him. That's unfortunate. Well, Mike, my one word to describe this victory, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but it's dissatisfying. No Daniel Jones, no Saquon Barkley, no Sterling Shepard or Kenny Galladay. It was 17-14 going into halftime. And New York got the ball to start the third. This was just a dissatisfying victory for me. It was. It was crappy. You, you gain nothing from it. Your team doesn't really get better from it because they just iron what is it steel sharpens steel iron sharpens iron iron sharpens iron yes sir yeah and they don't they just weren't iron they were like clay by the end of it it was it was bad so yeah i 100 agree with you well all right mike here we are with top five and this week we're discussing one of my personal favorite uh i don't know if you want to call it a meal or breakfast or whatever you want to call it but donuts so Mike, start us off. What's your, what's the, I don't know if you have honorable mention or if you want to go straight to your number five, what are we doing here? You know what? I told you on the, on the, on the pre-roll that I switched up my number five because I don't want to keep, but I don't care if they don't get it. If they don't understand, they're just not donut aficionados. Right, right, there is right. a cinnamon roll donut. That's not a cinnamon roll pastry with icing. It's like the twirly donut with cinnamon in between and it's glazed. Mm -hmm. They have a version of that. That's a crumb outside instead of a glazed outside. Mm -hmm. That cinnamon roll crumb donut is my number five donut. And I was going to put bear claw because I didn't want to have to explain all that, but piss on that. Y'all get better about your donuts. If you don't know what I'm talking about, the cinnamon roll donut is not the pastry with icing on it. It's amazing. The crumb version is the best version of that. I have never had a bear claw. What? How? You know, I mean, I, you know, I don't think it's uh, at the donut shops that I probably frequent often. I don't think I've ever seen one in the case. I've never been offered one or anything. Oh, my God. Go to a different donut shop. Who doesn't have bear claws? What is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I know that it's a popular thing, but that's just not something that I've seen very often. I've been, you know, this, this body was probably... 10% donuts and I've been to a lot of donut shops. I've just never seen one. Is it not a Texas thing? Maybe it might not be a Texas thing. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Cause it's huge. Like you can't go into a donut shop in California without bear claw. Can, can you tell me what is a bear claw? Bear claw is a, is a giant donut that looks like a mitt, like a right, glove. Okay. Yeah. And it's stuffed with like brown sugar, almonds, oh sliced almonds and stuff. It is really, really good. It's it's a spectacular donut. That sounds fantastic. Well, Mike, my number five, or no, let me go to my honorable mention. I'm going to go uh, Krispy Kreme's pumpkin spice donut, a pumpkin spice cake donut. Absolutely fantastic. And when the red light's on, the fresh glazed donuts melt in your mouth. Those are hard to beat. The Eclair, 
you know, chocolate with the cream oh. filling. That, that's a classic for me. And then the apple fritter, something I don't eat often, but what? really, really it, enjoy. That, that's going to be on my honorable mention. That is not in your top five, the apple fritter. It's not, but I think you're going to like my top five. All right. I don't know. You, 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 you pass on the apple fritter. I might, I'm biting my finger right now. Mm. Number five, lemon poppy seed. Oh, lemon poppy seed's great. Muffin. They have a donut that's lemon poppy seed. Yeah. It's a, it's a glazed donut with lemon like frosting and then little poppy seeds on top. Absolutely fantastic. Oh dude. my God. That sounds amazing. I'm literally looking that up right now. Because I've only seen the muffin. I uh, love I love a lemon poppy seed muffin too, dude. Man. Yes. Oh, there it is. I am gonna make that. Oh wow. Is the, is the cake part of the donut a lemon poppy seed cake? Like I like wish. A muffin? I wish that'd be. I'm incredible. gonna do it that way. I'm gonna make the the cake part that, and then do a lemon frosting, then put poppy seeds on top. Oh man, that sounds fantastic. I wish it was a cake donut, but it's just a glazed or I guess like a yeast. Okay, gotcha. So it's one of the fried ones. Yeah. That are, that, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so my number four, Mike, it's going to be uh, from a place called Papa Yoon's. It's going to be the cronut. I love the cronut. I love, so you put it in there after on, on the pre-roll, you were like, you're going to put a cronut in there? No, well, the reason I was saying that was because I had one in mind, so I was going to be surprised. Gotcha. I, I seriously, the cronut is probably the best like version of a donut they just don't have a the way it's made it's hard to make one that that stands up for me to the top to my top five donuts mm -hmm. but i love like the cronut's my favorite i believe the best donut version is a cronut and if they ever get a way to make it like a like a well i don't want to give away my other four but if they if they find a way to make them with with more donut flavors that i like i think yeah. they could they could be all my top five just all cronuts yeah because this place puppy Yoon's, they have like a glazed cronut and then they have a glazed one with a i don't know if i don't know if it's cream cheese frosting and then fresh strawberries on top absolutely mm. amazing mike what's your number four my number four is uh i believe wait let me make sure i have the right one yeah Okay, so the Krispy Kreme that you said was your normal, the original glaze, yes. they take that, they put chocolate glaze on it, and mm. then put it in sprinkles. Oh, okay. It, it's my only Krispy Kreme that I have on there, but I really, really love that donut. Like, it is so amazing. Now, I, I snuck a Krispy Kreme one in there. Dude, have you had the pumpkin spice one yet? I haven't. I don't eat... I can't eat a lot. I'm right next to Judy's Donuts, dude. I oh, eat too yeah, many already. Right. I can't go to Krispy Kreme. I haven't been to Krispy Kreme in a couple of years, I believe. Okay. I'm glad you have a donut with sprinkles in there. I'm like, I wonder yeah, that, what he thinks about donuts with sprinkles. The original, underrated. the original glazed donut is amazing from Krispy Kreme. Oh, then you yeah. add their chocolate mm -hmm. and it's amazing. Right. And then you give it texture with a little bit of sprinkles on top for crunch. Yes. Yes, so sir. Good. All right, Mike, what's on number three? Uh, number three, I should know this off the top of my head. It's the um, uh, old-fashioned buttermilk. Uh, you know what this is. Now, it really, I'll take either one. The old-fashioned, the circle one, that's that's not quite buttermilk, but it's like a glaze, and it's it's 
It's like the circle one. You always break the ends off at first and leave that little circle at the end. <laughs> yeah. That or the big, the buttermilk that's bigger that you split in half. And it's like, it looks like a mountain. It's like this big. And then the middle split old fashioned buttermilk. Um, I like maple and chocolate and everything, but old fashioned is my, the old fashioned glaze is my favorite. Man, I love an old fashioned dude. I've never seen the the big ones like the uh, the like the bar ones. I want to see one of those because that would be delicious, dude. So good. So number three on my list, Mike. It's uh, shout out to Doughboys. They were they were a food truck before they went uh, brick and mortar. But man, the first time I ever tried one, they uh, rushed out of the oven. Strawberry basil changed my life, dude. Strawberry basil. You have another one I haven't had, dude. Life-changing, bro. Especially when it was warm. It was it was insane. It was absolutely insane. The mix sounds so good. Strawberry basil. Like, hmm, I would definitely want to try that. I mine are all like old school, like you go to the corner store, yeah. um, you know, donuts from there. I just happen to be next to a Judy's donuts. So it's like take those donuts and then make them like the best quality you possibly can. Right. And I'm lucky enough to work right next to door to it. I, lucky I'm diabetic. So am I lucky? <laughs> I don't know if I'm that lucky, but it is amazing when you get to have one. Do they have emergency emergency insulin for you? Just whenever you, you pull up. I, I always take my insulin with. So I'm <laughs> safe. All right, Mike. So number two on my list, speaking of old school, this is a, a, a place I've been frequenting since I was in middle school, but happy donuts and their blueberry cake donut. Oh, but we're, we're going to get to my blueberry. I love blueberry donuts myself. Uh, there's a blueberry old fashioned. I didn't put it in there, but it's probably my favorite of the old fashioned donuts. They oh do it with God. blueberry, but it's rare. It's like, I've only seen it at one place. Actually it's on the corner right by where I used to work, like in walking distance from my house. And before Judy's Donuts, before I started working directly next door to Judy's Donuts, that was the place I was going to get donuts if I ever wanted one. Mm -hmm. And I would get the blueberry old fashioned, which probably should have made my top five over the cinnamon roll. But it was so rare that I didn't know if people would know what that is. So so I left it off. Well, Mike, what what do you have at number two? Number two is the let me make sure is the apple fritter. Uh, Apple fritter is number two. And man, that Judy's, I'm, I'm going to harp on this. I told you this before. I like to take the edges of a traditional apple fritter that are really crispy and eat them. And then being diabetic, I don't feel so bad. I just give the middle part to the, you know, the rest of my house. I told y'all know my fat ass family, so they could have that. Not, <laughs> I know you like that. Judy's donuts, the whole damn thing is crisp. Oh. all of it so it, it's i eat the whole frigging it's so i'm gonna die i'm gonna die of diabetic coma because i work next to judy's donuts and i have zero willpower like none especially for their fritters so yeah apple fritters too you know my thing with apple fritters is the best one i ever had actually had apples in it you know maybe it was like that apple pie filling or whatever but yeah. ever, ever you know trying to trying to find that one that still trying to find another one that had apples in it. I've never been able to do it. So it's just been a lot of bread, like with cinnamon and there's oh, been no yeah. apple. So it's Terrible. like, there. I just haven't found a place that makes them well consistently. Otherwise that would probably be in my top five. 
yeah that that's terrible if it doesn't have the apple like like kind of like it's like a it's like an apple filling exactly that's like yeah. laced within there so it's crispy but then gooey yeah if it doesn't have that i'd be all disappointed yeah I, all right mike last but other you know number one on your list what's it gonna be my number one is the blueberry fritter so uh, obviously the fritter guy yeah the blueberry fritter is the ultimate of the not only is does it have like that i like the blueberry mix with the fritter more but they also top it with like a blueberry compote in the oh, middle okay, yeah and one place does that with the apples too but but i like judy's better because it's more crisp but this blueberry donut is um man i don't remember the name of the place because i only go to judy's donuts now but that that blueberry fritter that they have man it is so good even though it's not crisp all the way through like like judy's is i eat all of it because that that compote they put in the middle of it and, and not the whole thing like the, the three-fourths of it is just the fritter and right. then the little bit in the middle it's like the size of a pepperoni is dolloped in the middle of it so when you get there you get that like satisfying ending that's just amazing so good well, Mike, number one on my list, the old-fashioned buttermilk, sir. Donut Express. Oh, Shout out. Yes. I'll yes. never forget, but my wife, she went out and got us some donuts. She goes, you know, I remember asking her for one, one specifically, and she said they didn't have it. And she's like, but I got you this one. And so they said it's really good. And it was the old-fashioned. And that's been my favorite one ever since, dude. Can you run through your five? Because I don't remember your second. I thought I said it was the, the blueberry cake. Yeah, was that two? Yeah, remember my, okay, my, my one number one me. old fashioned, blue uh buttermilk old fashioned. Number two, blueberry cake. Number three, the strawberry basil. Maybe that's what you forgot. Number four, the cronut. Number five, the lemon. Five poppy is the seed. lemon poppy seed. Okay, my fault. My fault. I'm old. I'm old and forgetful. I love donuts. I just wanted to hear all of them again. <laughs> and you know, I was talking. We were talking about this pre-roll, Mike, but. It was it was kind of hard for me not to not to force the uh, the Miss Baird little old school powdered donut many things the ones yeah. that get stuck to the roof of your mouth like like nobody's business find a and, way to get them in there yeah, yeah growing they, up eat, I was growing up eating those all the time I would get uh, one uh, again Judy's donuts man they need to be a sponsor holy crap real shout out fan of the show yeah I um. I get I would get a mixed dozen donut holes there and two of the dozen would be the powdered. Yeah. And it's like an elite version of the, you know, the packaged powder donuts. Like imagine those, but fresh, like in the in donut hole form. God. Yeah. Incredible. Was the Dunkin' Donuts ever like a big time franchise in California? Oh yeah, huge here. When 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 Winchester or Win Winchell's? Dunkin Donuts were are like are like the McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. And then Judy's Donuts is like in and out. Okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, y'all go to the little cheap Winchell's and Dunkin Donuts. That's cool. They do their thing like McDonald's does and Burger King. But when you want the burger, the real fast food burger, you go to In-N-Out. Right. I hate their I hate their fries though. But Judy's Donuts is like that. Judy's Donuts is like the the elite level donut. Dude, when Dunkin' Donuts was actually good, I remember going as a kid, just the variety that they had. But they also, 
they had that variety of just the regular size donuts, but then they'd have that variety of all the munchkins that you could try yes. so many different varieties of donuts. Man, I miss that, dude. Yes. Amazing. God, I, I want a donut so bad. We should not have done this. <laughs> I know. No, I want, I really, I want a donut so bad too, man. I'm so glad I'm off of work tomorrow. Cause if I worked I'd 100% be getting an apple fritter. Right. Yeah, I, I want. I wish I could just run out and go grab an apple fritter right now. Thank God I can't though. Yes, yes. Thank, yeah, I know. Praise. Can you imagine if like DoorDash would like deliver you an apple fritter? Oh, Ooh. they would. And thank no. God, thank God they can't. Yeah. Mm-mm, don't want it. Well, Mike, as always, man, I appreciate the discussion. And what you know, before we get you out of here, remind people they can find you on Twitter. You know the drill, guys. CD Piglet, nice and easy. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Guys, again, I am Paul Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Paul underscore Ryan 15. We appreciate you joining us and we'll see you guys next week.